The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Monday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company here from the Star in Frisco in the SWBC studios. It is the Monday following a 31-28 Dallas Cowboys loss to the Green Bay Packers in overtime up at Lambeau Field, and we're here to break it down for you here over the next 45 minutes. Chris Beam in the back, Isaiah Stanback, Super Bowl champion. We've got Patrick No Sleep Walker. He got a little mm. bit of sleep last night. Just a, just a smidge. He well, got there not, at not midnight. Really. Tustin turned all night replaying the, the game in my mm. head. Mm. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Let's break this thing down. Let's not waste a whole lot of time because mm-hmm. it wasn't pretty. No, it was not. Not at all. Cowboys blow a 14-point lead. Heading into the fourth quarter, they led 28-14. to Instead, Green Bay rattles off 17 unanswered points. The 3-6 and six Packers come out on top, and they send you back home with your tail between your legs, and now you got to go up against an 8-1 and one Minnesota team this week, which, of course, we'll talk about later on. But, Patrick, you were there on site at Lambeau. You were on the flight home. You were on the ride home. What happened? Tell us. He looks angry. Yeah, I'm pissed. Okay. <laughs> and, and I mean, there's there's no other way to say it. And you know, I'm not one to spin it, so it just is what it is. I'm I'm pissed at what I saw. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, and this is when you look at Mike McCarthy's uh, post game press conference, the level of frustration that he displayed yep. is something that's rarely, if ever, seen uh, from Mike McCarthy mm. publicly in front of a camera. Now, for me, there are. Several, and I and I use the word several loosely. There are several reasons the Cowboys lost this game. You know, gave up a fourteen point lead, and and all of them matter. So so let me lead by just saying that first, all of them matter. So for those that are saying, you know, well, it wasn't the bad calls or the no calls. Yeah, it was, um, but it was that in addition to the inability to stop the run. It was yep. the 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 poor officiating in addition to give allowing Watson to go off for three touchdowns. Uh, for a defensive secondary that we've routinely said and has proven that it's one of the best in the league. So to allow a rookie to go off like that, to have a, a, a Megatron day against you when he was – basically of no consequence for the for the Packers up to this point. To lose this game is is inexcusable and and to put it in Trevon Diggs' words via his Twitter, he said unacceptable. And that that's saying the least. At the end of the day, this was a game that the Cowboys should have hung forty plus points on the Packers, should have absolutely decimated them, but you get one interception, what happens? The Packers go down and they score a touchdown off of that one. You get a second interception, interception, what happens? The Packers go down and they score a touchdown off of that. You just gifted them 14 points. We all know you can't give Aaron Rodgers extra possessions, and you keep finding out what happens when you give them extra possessions. And you're at Lambeau Field, so you have to know there's this curse that exists there, right? Be it tangible or non-tangible. And then you see that curse show itself in overtime, 
if you, you shouldn't have allowed it to get the overtime and the Cowboys are moving the ball, and then you get the questionable holding call on Connor McGovern. And then you get uh, the, the Jalen Tolbert controversy, offsides on Jalen Tolbert. He said he checked with the official. You look at the broadcast, he was talking to the official. Uh, he says, Dak says, Jalen said the official told him to scoot up. He did. And then he tried to scoot back. Too late. Offsides. There you go. Blah, blah, blah. But what really was the, the, the poetic injustice of it all is, again, the Cowboys should have put this game away and put it to bed as early as the third quarter, maybe even the second quarter without those interceptions. But to lose the game in the fashion in which they did, and to me, the, the, the icing on the, 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 <laughs> the curdled cheese <laughs> was the, <laughs> the non-call on Alexander that would have given the Cowboys automatic first down mm-hmm. at around the 25-yard line. And that probably would have given the Cowboys one more chance to go ahead and finish this game. But I could argue that they didn't deserve that chance because before that point, you should have should have nailed this coffin closed several times. So I'll throw it back to you guys. But, yeah, I'm pissed. And unlike the Bears game, and like I said, you couldn't use the Bears game as a barometer for the run defense because of what the score was, and the Cowboys were basically daring you to run the ball. Like, okay, you can't catch up by running the ball. That's fine. But what did I say in that same statement? I said if it was a close game, then, yeah, it's a barometer. And they, they got absolutely destroyed by Aaron Jones. They just did. And kudos to the Packers because what they did was use a lot of shovel passes up front. I think the f- first seven or eight pass attempts by Rodgers were shovel passes to the edge to stretch those edges, which is where the Cowboys were struggling and stopping the run. Those linebackers weren't helping as the Cowboys needed. And then Aaron Jones started going up the middle. Now the Cowboys are completely off balance. So Aaron Rodgers says, hey, Thank you. Feet ball. 24 (laughs) carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown for Aaron Jones. The Green Bay Packers ran for 207 against this Cowboys defense. That, of course, has struggled to stop the run. They gave up 200-plus against Chicago just two weeks ago in their most recent game. Back-to-back games, they've allowed 200-plus yards. That's only the third time that's happened in the last 35 seasons for the Dallas Cowboys. Isaiah, what are your thoughts on the loss? Oh, man. Missed opportunities. Can't stop the run. Miscommunication and again mm-hmm. uh, with, with your receiver slash tight ends and well, your QB1. That's really what it comes down to. I don't I don't look at referees. I mean, there is some there's always going to be toss up calls. Yeah, there's always going to be toss up calls. People are like, oh, McGovern was that was a weak call. His hands were outside the pads that I mean. No matter how much you want to say he held or he didn't hold, his hands were outside the pads. It's a very that's one of the main indicators that they're looking at. You know, Jair Alexander. You know whether or not that was pi. That dude, he's turning his head around. He's getting back around. Like he's he's going back and forth. It's a toss up call, right? There's guys pulling and grabbing. I mean, there's there's that going on on every Hug, play. Turn. If there was, if there was ever PI. like you could literally throw a flag on every play if you really wanted to. So I'm not going to rest it on that. But you can rest it on the fact that if you allow a team to continue to run the ball 200-plus yards per game when you face opponents, they are always going to have a chance to win. Always going to have a chance. If you can't stop a team and get them off the field and they are allowed to continually move the chains down the field and you're not putting up points and you're creating – and you are turning the ball over, teams are going to have an opportunity to win ball games. And then you then you compound those problems with a head coach that is makes an emotional, irrational decision – in the most important time of the game, you're going to lose. And that's going forward on fourth down and three in overtime 
just barely into your opponent's side of the field where you're actually you're within range for Maher, but you elect not to kick it. You elect not to kick the ball, but you're in. Understand the situational awareness. I, if this, if it wasn't overtime, I might have been on the same page. And okay, let's. If it wasn't overtime, sure, okay, but it was overtime, and in overtime, you secure the points. And the reason why you secure the points is because you now put the opponents back against the wall to where they absolutely have to score. They have to score. You kick it out the end zone. You make them go the long way of the, of the entire field, and you make your you let your defense pin their ears back and go ham. Because that's who you rest in. That's who is leading this team right now is your defense. And you take that opportunity away from them. Counterpoint. And this is going to be the first time and hopefully the last time I pose this question regarding this this defense that is normally just stout outside of the run defense that needs to be figured out. What if in that situation, because I mentioned it in uh, regarding Cooper Rush and Philly, if you know that a particular guy or segment of, of your team is not playing well, then you should scale that back and try to protect them a little bit from themselves. Mm -hmm. That was the Cooper Rush situation in Philly. And what if that was the situation uh, in Green Bay on yesterday and Mike McCarthy not deciding to kick that field goal because he probably – I'm not going to say he probably, but what if he felt like because his defense had been giving up these big plays both on the ground and in the air the entire game, he's saying a field goal is just not going to do it. There's a chance that because of the way the defense is playing, Aaron Rodgers marches down this field and scores a touchdown and finishes the game anyway. So if that was the mentality, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. The only thing I would be mad at is obviously the execution and then what happened on the back end of that play. But if that, in fact, was his thought process, then I'm not mad at that aggression. I am. Why? Because statistically— You don't you, think Aaron Rodgers goes down and scores? And he did anyway, I, by the way. I mean, yeah, he did that anyway. I mean, but the thing is, like, it's all about what position are you going to put them into. It creates a totally different mindset. The response from Green Bay ha is substantially different if they know that they have to score. If they absolutely have to score, right? It's different from your mindset saying, we got to go score a touchdown to win this game versus we just got to get to that point right there because we got, we got Crosby. We just need to get right there. That's all. We, we just need about 30 yards, Crosby 40 yards. One, it doesn't matter. It's still Crosby. It all matters. It doesn't. It's just like having Justin Tucker. If you have a Tucker on your team, you know that you're good. Like, you know, you just get to certain parts of the field where you know you're good. That's why we talked about the field goal. That's mm -hmm. why we talked about the kicker all offseason. That's, that's why we're talking about it being a decision now yeah. is because you have Brett Maher. Yeah. That's why it was a decision in the first place because you're not going to punt that ball away. Not from that no, point of the field. You're either going to kick the field goal, try it, and, and put points on the board, and, or you're going to go for it. One of the two. I, I That's feel where like you're he, going. I, putting my head coaching hat on, I feel like there are two reasons that McCarthy decided not to kick that field goal. One is the one I just laid out. I feel like he saw his defense getting gashed in the air and on the ground the entire game. And, and normally it's just the ground and not in the air. So if it was a normal game in that capacity, then you could say, okay, well, if we get this field goal, they're going to have to score a touchdown. That means they're going to have to get chunk plays after the kickoff. Mm -hmm. So I put trust in my secondary. But the secondary wasn't showing you much outside of Trevon Diggs for the most part. So you're like, hey, my defense isn't playing well. I'm going to try to protect them and get more aggressive and go for, for this touchdown. So now the most they can do is match serve and then try to two-point conversion. That's pressure in and of itself. But also the area of the, or the direction of the field they were traveling in, that's the same direction that Crosby missed the field goal earlier in the game. And we're also talking about a head coach of Mike McCarthy that knows the dynamics of Lambeau Field very, very well. Maybe he felt like there was some type of swirl effect down there that helped lead to Crosby lose, uh, missing that field goal that he didn't want to put Maher in a 50-plus yard 
situation mm-hmm. to potentially do the same. And then guess what? Rodgers gets the ball right where he got the ball anyway, and he goes down and scores as he went down and scored anyway. So, uh, so many things that I could list that I have a problem with, with you know, that went wrong over the course of the game. That's just not one of them. I'm, I'm fine with that call. But you shouldn't – that call never exists. Butterfly effect. That call never exists if you – If you uh, If it. you communicate well with – your wide receiver won, and that's not an interception in the end zone. Or Dalton Schultz, that was Dalton Schultz. If you communicate well with your wide receiver one and that interception across the middle of the field where you thought he was going to cross face, going back to the Chicago Bears when Eddie Jackson did it, yep. and he didn't cross face. He took the shoulder. He took the outside shoulder. He didn't flatten out his route. Another interception. Those types of mistakes and, of course, the run defense. And, and you know, we all know how much we love DQ, and I love DQ to death. But when I see that Anthony Barr is out, and Damone Clark finishes with only seven defensive snaps in a game where the opponent's rushing attack is just massacring you. I just I have questions. I have questions. I think everybody has questions about the run defense and, and what's been going on there and how do you fix it. I Whenever I went back and watched it, and we'll talk about the defense here in a couple moments, but I, I wrote down just three sentences or three thoughts. I said sloppy stunt work. Lots of man coverage and poor gap discipline and tackling. That's kind of what I had for this defense overall. And that's not an easy one-week fix either. That's a long-term overhaul that you would have to take in order to try and stop the run. Now, I, I want to talk about this fourth down and four decision a little bit more. Because from what I'm hearing, you're more upset, Patrick, at the execution, the execution of it rather than the call. Correct. But the execution wasn't there all all game long. So you're talking about the 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 lack of execution from the defense mm-hmm. stopping the run. Isaiah, they weren't necessarily moving the football at will either, especially in the second half going into that that fourth quarter. They had no rhythm whatsoever on offense in the fourth. Yeah, I'm. I can't even get out my allow my mind space to my head space to go to that point. Like I can't even get there because to me it was such a no brainer decision to take keep, the points. To take the points. Yeah. Like it, it really was and Or at I, least try for the points. Because it wasn't an easy it's not field an goal. Easy field goal, but where if you <laughs> there's a lot of questions about Brett Maher, right? And, and and whether or not he can make the forties, the thirties. Nobody questions the fifties. Nobody questions whether his ability to kick fifties. That's just, that's his comfort zone. Like that's just his thing. Right? Everybody has their thing. That is his thing. So I felt very confident with his ability to score those points. And I felt like you had a, a good drive. You drove the ball down there. Boom. Okay, they stopped you right there. Boom. Kick the dog on field goal. Take those points. Defense, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Defense, you know what to do. His back's against the wall. You know the point of the field that he needs to get to to win this ball game. Don't let him get there. Don't let him get there. That's a totally different mindset than crap. The entire playbook is open to Aaron Rodgers now. And he knows that all he has to do is march it however many yards it was, 30 yards, whatever, 40 yards. Like, that's all he has to do. In his head, I just need to get to right there now. And they got it all in one completion to Lazard over the middle. He ran for extra yardage, got inside the 20, and then, of course, they took it down to the 10, took a knee, and it was a PAT. That's what it was. We're going to your point of execution. Uh, It's also in real time as well because in real time, your offense was moving the ball on that drive. So that, that drive specifically, right? Yeah. That on that drive specifically, your offense was moving the ball. Mm-hmm. So 
therein lies the confidence in Mike McCarthy to say, hey, we, we might not have been moving it well uh, over the course of the back half of this game, but hey, look, we're moving it right now, so let's take advantage of us being able to move it right now and then toss in the other uh, factors that I, I mentioned a, a little bit ago. And I just I don't have a problem with the call. I have a problem with the execution. But to mm-hmm. your question, well, if you've not been executing all well like the defense hasn't, well, the difference was in that particular moment, the offense was actually executing so I would be again. I'm fine with the the decision. Uh, now we could argue the the play call itself and the execution, but the decision to go for it, I'm, I'm that I'm completely fine with. I, I have an extra grind in several other areas of the game, but that's that's. What not are some one. of those areas? <laughs> well, first of all, the <laughs> the secondary, and of course the second the success of the secondary is always going to be or almost always going to be predicated upon the success of the pass rush. Mm-hmm. Pass rush could not consistently get home. And shouts out to Demarcus Lawrence. He was a, a glowing red, I mean, a glowing golden circle from yesterday. He played out of his mind, both in run defense uh, when it came to his side and in the pass rush arena. But outside of Demarcus Lawrence and Sam Williams, shouts out to Sam Williams. He had a, he saved a touchdown yeah, on that he play. He did absolutely. Uh, outside of those two guys, and I'll have to go back and watch the film, but I don't know if it was because Michael wasn't one hundred percent and or if he just couldn't get off on yesterday. But whatever the case may be, the Packers did not feel the impact of Micah Parsons, not only with sacks, but with disruptions overall. We didn't see the disruptions from Micah Parsons. And that allowed Aaron Rodgers a little bit more time to do what Aaron Rodgers does. So the pass rush outside of Sam Williams and Demarcus Lawrence uh, was mostly ineffective. I have an extra grind with that. You're the best pass rush in the league pass rush in the league and you didn't show up yesterday for the most part that made it more difficult for your secondary against a quarterback you know if he has time he's he's going to torch you and that's exactly what happened Trevon Diggs played played mostly well but we saw what happened with Anthony Brown you know and then he ended up leaving with a concussion after that big play from Watson Kelvin Joseph got targeted early once he became once he came in for that Kelvin almost had a, a game-breaking force fumble on Aaron Jones but it just Nothing broke right for the mm-hmm. Cowboys. It, it it just kept feeling like the one play that they needed was always right there. They were always right there on the event horizon, but it just couldn't it just go right. Not, it just couldn't. It couldn't make that leap. What were your some of your bones to pick for this Cowboys loss? I mean, the, the miscommunication. Dalton Schultz was responsible for. for well, I mean, I mean, back up. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz ran the wrong route on the red zone interception. He, he says one. he got knocked off his route. He ran the wrong route. No, no, route. I'm, I'm just saying that's his explanation of it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> explaining it for yeah. him. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's his explanation. It was a drive, con- I, I, I get yeah. you. It was a drive yeah. concept, I drive concept. The two receivers on the right side run clear outs to turn to, to try to just just back the, the secondary off. C.D. Lamb's supposed to run about a 12 to 15 yard mm-hmm. in right on the goal line, and Dalton Schultz is supposed to be the low man to run a drive right across. Well, Dalton Schultz ran the same exact route as, as C.D. Lamb, yeah, right? They, you you know yeah. who was supposed to run the route based right. off of alignment alone. C.D. Lamb was off the ball. Off the ball man's never going to run shallow. He's always going to run a deep route. The, on the ball man's supposed to run a shallow. Okay, he ran the wrong route. However, Dak Prescott seeing that, you don't throw the freaking ball. Yep. Yeah, so that was gonna that was gonna be you my point. You don't compound a problem with another problem. So all the way wrong in that room, okay, in the receiver in the tight end room, messed up, and then the QB one didn't make it any better by throwing it and then throw your hands up and get frustrated. Cool. That's one bad decision. What I have drawn up on my tablet right now, and teams are starting to do this, they know that when they see CeeDee Lamb 
in this in the slot that a lot of times he's either running an over route, okay, based upon play action, or he has a read route on the inside where he's his read is middle of field open or middle of field close. Teams are starting to show single high and then playing a dual coverage. So instead of playing one or three with single high, they're showing single high pre-snap, and in post-snap they're going to cover two on one side and cover four on another side, side, and it's creating a lot of confusion for him in terms of what he's supposed to do. So when you see him run that route, it looked like it was going to be a single high coverage. One safety is actually substantially further back from the line of scrimmage than one, which gives the illusion of a single high. But that's why you saw he was in between. Do I run the post or do I run the in route? Dak is reading it one way like it's single high, when in reality it's too high. It's a lot of confusing crap going on right now, but they have to find some solution offensively to say, hey, if this is the look, this is the route. Because right now they're reading. They're not reading the same language. No, and I think Dak was off early as well. Like early in the ball game, (laughs) he was not good at all because I looked at it. And my notes written down, Dak off early with a bad throw on third down, tight window, near pick to Brown on a next play. Additionals, uh, because I, I wrote that down and then I kept seeing bad throws. So I said additionals, mm-hmm. throwing it to the ground against Lamb, throw behind Lamb two a couple plays later. Then I put additional additionals and I said throw wide to Gallup and then throw out of bounds. I mean, he was not good yesterday. So when we come back here on Talking Cowboys where do you go? Where where do you start with the offense? You ran the football effectively. You had 115 yards with Tony Pollard. Dak Prescott threw for 40 times. It didn't look good. Couple big time mistakes. Where does the offense take a step forward when we come back with more talking Cowboys after this? When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. <laughs> but the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back here to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season. Cowboys Christmas extravaganza, powered by Reliant, every Friday and Saturday night from November 18th through December 17th. Cowboys Christmas extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday experience showcasing the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes, and Santa Claus, too. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Christmas for more info. That is a long That's a read. long one. Yeah, it is. Goodness gracious. All right. Now that we're through that, Isaiah, we were talking in the break here, and I'm actually super intrigued by this. I want you to show your camera here. And I want you to kind of show me some of the things. It's just one instance on what Green Bay was doing to kind of confuse Dak Prescott. And I need you to audibleize it for the people that are listening. But if you're watching, this is really interesting. All right. So as I go to my tablet here, sorry about all my chicken scratch. But can you hear me good, Beamer? Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, What you're seeing here is a single high safety. Okay, I'm trying to do it backwards. What you're seeing here is a single high safety. So that's what Dak Prescott sees. Whenever you have CeeDee Lamb over here in the slot, okay, he's running up and then he's trying to run in, right? That's the first single high. He's going to run an in route in front of the safety, okay? So that's what he did not do versus the Chicago Bears a couple Correct. weeks ago, right. right? But if he has a middle of the field open or if there's two safeties, all right, if there's two safeties going out, okay, so cover two, cover four, he's supposed to split those safeties. Okay, he's supposed to split those safeties. So right now you guys see in the pre-snap read where it looks like a single high. This safety is about five yards deeper than this safety down here, the strong safety. Easy read in pre-snap. But what happens is there's a pre and there's a post-snap. So as you snap the ball, okay, boom, oh, no, that's my other play, sorry. As you snap <laughs> the ball, all right, now you're seeing that far side safety that was about five yards deep. What is he doing right here, No, see? He's running to yep. the to his second half. So he's playing half, right? He's playing mm-hmm. cover two, right? Over here in the cornerback, the cornerback's playing down. So on that half of the field, they're playing cover two. Perfect. But on the half of the field where C.D. Lamb is supposed to make quarters. his read route, they're playing quarters coverage. Mm-hmm. Quarters coverage means the corner has a quarter of the field, the safety has a quarter of the field. It's still a too high read, but it still looks really odd because one safety is so much further back than the other. So when C.D. Lamb comes up to the point of his route where he has to now distinguish whether it's single high or dual high, you saw the confusion and you saw the indecisiveness because he's reading it. And he's like, it looks like two safeties, but that safety's way back there. Right. So do I cross his face or do I run the post route? And Dak Prescott was still reading it as what? Cross single, as high. single high. Yeah. So he's throwing the in route right now. He he's has thinking no CD is going to cross face he, because of that. But the confusion of having the two safeties on that side of the field allowed CD to have to make a decision. He decided he to go wrong. back behind and then they were on the on a different page there. So Dak, when you look at it based upon the rules, Dak is in the wrong. Based upon the rules, and I'm going back on my word now. That's why I usually it's don't different talk. Different than the it's Chicago deal. Don't talk. Yeah, it's different than the Chicago deal. Based upon the rules of the concept, Dak is wrong because it's too high safety. Mm. But they're giving 
both looks of a too high coverage. They're giving the cover four look and the cover two look. If he runs the post based off this look right here, it's going to be intercepted. If he runs the in route, he's good. But there's nothing on here that says run the in route based upon their rules. Really confusing, but teams are starting to do this because they understand when CD's in there, he's usually running some form of a middle of the field open or middle of the field close, and they understand that this distinguishment, that this this disparity between one safety's level and the other safety's level is causing a ton of de- a decisions that are that are not in favor of the Cowboys. This is very smart by Green Bay, and but, those those interceptions in this one also. Um, obviously, when you're talking about the interceptions, but th- those were the tail of the game. Um, and again, I. All of this matters, right? So the officiating matters and, you know, the interceptions matter and all of it matters. All of it matters. But when I look at these numbers and and you try to figure out why the Cowboys lost this game, it's because of the, t- the takeaways by Green Bay. So 24 first downs by the Cowboys, only 20 first downs by the Packers. Cowboys took the edge there. In third down conversion, Cowboys were only 5 of 15, yeah. with the Packers were only 6 of 13. So they almost broke even there. Total net yards, 421 for the Cowboys, 415 for the for the Packers. That's that's pretty much a wash as well. Here's where it starts to break in favor of the Packers. The Cowboys had 79 offensive plays. The Packers only had 61, which means they were either more efficient on their plays, which is true, but something else happened in which they didn't have to you know, field the, the ball as many times offensively, and that's takeaways and big plays. Yeah. The chunk plays yep. is what goes to the Cowboys having to run more because the Cowboys didn't get nearly as many chunk plays as Washington, excuse me, as Green Bay did. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of goes from there. So for me, when the question is what where do you go from here? Because the run defense was working and the passing attack was working, but it was the two instances in which it went awry, be it those two interceptions, that the Packers capitalized on. And so the, the answer is, don't turn the ball over. <laughs> but the Packers had two turnovers as well. And the, and the Cowboys could not capitalize on those as the Packers capitalized on but, theirs. But the reason why I bring that up, though, is because you're saying, obviously, you don't turn the ball over. That, that, always, puts you, that always puts you in a bad situation. But the turnovers neutralize each other based upon just stats. The first ones did. And then the second one, they had two interceptions. So they went all the they way. They had down. two fumbles, right? Right. Okay. In so I'm vacuum, saying, but look at the yes. out, the outcome. Now, of, what happens after correct. that? That's something totally that's different. That's what I mean, right? But I'm that's terms in I terms mean. of turnovers. That's what I mean. They had equal opportunities because in what terms happened of after after Demarcus after Lawrence's sack fumble mm-hmm. and recovery by Curse? That should have been what, points. What the Cowboys do? Absolutely. That's my point. That's why, and I see what it's, you're it's saying. It's when so it happens. Statistically, that's why the stats don't right. tell the whole story. That's why I don't lean on all the way, all the way on the stats. Because that's so, not science. Exactly. <laughs> where does the penalty situation come in? Where Because there were, and I marked it down, I said penalties that turned into points or cost you points. It's when it happens. Four different Correct. times. You had eight penalties for, or for 63 yards, I think is what the final nine, stat was. Nine for 83. Nine for 83. So I got the numbers mixed up. But... Penalties for points or no points, there were four of them that either cost you points or allowed for Green Bay to score points at the other end of the field. So where does that play into it? Because there was a ton of that. It's it's the win. Mm -hmm. It's the win. Butterfly effect. If you don't turn the ball over, which then doesn't allow Green Bay to get 14 points, and then you're probably blowing this team out to the point where when you get down to the late third quarter and into the fourth quarter, then these penalties probably don't exist, be it, you know, conspiracy 
theories or otherwise. They just don't exist because they're irrelevant. They don't, they don't matter. The, yeah. the outlook of the game is different. The Cowboys are running the ball because they're trying to burn the clock, dot, dot, dot. So I'm with you, Iris. It's the win. Mm-hmm. It's the win. I do want to hit this just real quickly. The same play that Isaiah just broke down, the interception over the middle of the field. Kingsley Ignagbare, the rookie out of South Carolina, he got a tip of he, – he tipped that ball just barely. It didn't change anything. No. It would have been an interception either way. No. Dak was looking it down. That safety was there. It didn't change anything. I just wanted to to make it no. Yeah, people are. It saying was that. tipped. People are making that as an excuse. It's, 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 it was. It would be not a have changed. It, it change. was going to be a pick. Dak read single high. CD read du- to dual high, high late. Because yeah. the thing is indecisiveness at the receiver position will screw you over. It's what it's what Aaron Rodgers has been dealing with all season long. The indecisiveness. Yesterday he dealt with drops. Yeah. Okay. Prior to this game, he's been dealing with receivers not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do. CD Lamb in that instance, they have. That's what I'm saying. They they're going to have to go back, and Kellen Moore's going to say, "Hey, listen up. We're starting to see this now. We're not just starting to see the base the base coverages. Now we're starting to see combination coverages. So when we see these combination coverages, this is what the route's going to be. It's no longer a read route. This is what it's going to be because it looks like two different things. Yeah. And the defenses know that. So. Along those same lines of the offense not executing, there was some execution that went well for the Cowboys. They They ran the ball exceptionally well. They did battle back. They built a lead. They got up twenty four or twenty eight to fourteen. They built this lead based on the way that their offense blocked. I thought the offensive line had a a pretty solid day. You would hope for the most part without Campbell and Gary on the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought they had a pretty nice day. The offensive line. So I want to give credit where credit is due. There, I thought C.D. Lamb answered. After making a mistake early on, he had a phenomenal game. That is also true. Big-time stats, big-time plays. He did what you needed to. And then some of the play calling I really liked. I I thought they got creative, but not outside of themselves at times. But then we got to the fourth quarter. Mm. And that's where I want to go next with this offense. What happened? Why do you go go away from the run? Why are you forcing screens outside? It goes back to what you've talked about. And I'm going to give Isaiah a lot of credit here because he saw this thing coming from a mile away. Kellen Moore will be within himself for only as long as it takes for him to get outside of himself. And then all of a sudden, those decisions are the made. The former QB always wants to QB. He, is to, is, he's he fighting himself. He's literally fighting himself. And yeah. I'm not, Listen, we talked about this. I sat here and told you guys last week, if, if, if Dak Prescott throws a 40-plus plus, plus times, what's the result? Probably a loss. I said, I said it. I, if Dak's throwing 40-plus times, that's not what he does. He is a play-action quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. Let him play off the play-action. That's when you're most successful as an offense for the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard is toting the ball. You were getting a ton of yards on the ground. He was averaging 5.2 yards per carry. 22 attempts, 115 yards. Why would we go away from that? Why? Mm -hmm. At what point in the game did you have to abandon that and all of a sudden start taking things to the air? Yeah. There's no need for it, and that's what I say that Kellen Moore is a really good, really good offensive coordinator. But there's these things where he, he's times where he's just literally, it's it's a it's an inner struggle. It's an inner he's wrestling with himself, and he's like, okay, I know what I should do, but this is what I'm going to do. And unfortunately, when you have somebody that's making those decisions, and then you have a quarterback that's not throwing the ball as accurately as you like, and then you have receivers that are, that are confused based on coverages, all this stuff compounds. And you could easily just take all those problems away and simply say, hey, we're getting five yards per tote. Yeah. Five yards per tote. Give the freaking ball to Tony Pollard. And, and, and to that point, and this is something that we've talked about, because Kellen himself kind of 
you know, jokingly admitted it weeks ago. He said, if it were up to me, I'd throw the ball 100% of the time. So this is <laughs> this is one of those games where... Big giveaway. Where, where, <laughs> there you go. This is one of those games where look, McCarthy mentioned it coming out of the week one loss against Tampa Bay. He said, we need to make smarter decisions in certain situations. And going into the fourth quarter, this is one of them. Now, the special teams penalties. Whew. You, you can't keep giving your offense a long field. Hey, Luke Gifford had a heck of a game. Yeah, shouts out to Luke Gifford. So did C.J. Goodwin. Yeah, yeah. shouts out to Luke Gifford. Heck of a game. He yeah. made some Absolutely. amazing tackles. Absolutely. And shout out to Turpin, too. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, um, Turpin almost had another one. Yeah, he did. Man, he, he did. almost had another one. Uh, but, but to that point, as far as changing up things, so, you know, you get the penalty on Peyton Hinder's shot, unnecessary roughness uh, on that punt. That gives the Cowboys a long field. So they're starting in the fourth quarter, and on first and ten from their own five-yard line, first play was a pass. But we just talked about how the running game is averaging almost six yards a carry, and you're in the your your own goalpost is staring at your back. <laughs> First one was a pass. Dak Prescott was sacked. Okay, next play, Tony Pollard up the gut five yards. Okay, what if that had been? The first down play, okay? Nonetheless, Tony shortens it. Now it's third and six, and they go back to a pass, and it doesn't work. It's Noah Brown. It's three yards, so it's three yards short. Now, special teams does what it does uh, best. C.J. Goodwin on that punt, he goes mm-hmm. down. He forces the fumble. So that worked out for the Cowboys. They were able to get the ball back, and they were able to get a touchdown. But it just goes to the overarching uh, point that Kyle is saying, that in the fourth quarter, when you need it, when you really, really need it, to continue to exploit what was working, which was the run game, you didn't, and you should have. Yes. Just want to throw this out here. I'm not a big stat guy. Throw it out Sometimes there. it backs your point. <laughs> 31. I'm it's, only a stat guy when I'm right. That's right when, hey. it, when it agrees with me. 31, 31 rushing attempts. It's like PFF. Yeah, okay? right. Exactly. <laughs> it's right when it's agreed. 31 with. rushing attempts for an average of 5.1 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. 46 passing attempts. For an average of 5.8 yards per reception. Okay. Not not great. 5.1 versus 5.8. Mm-hmm. Greater chance of bad things happening versus, uh, on one versus the other. And your offensive line can run downhill. You can get into a rhythm. You can bully some people. The you can do so many different things. The just said was playing well. The, exactly. Correct. Just one more stat on the offense before we switch to the defense. We go to our second break. Yesterday was the 20th time in Dak Prescott's career, number 20, that he's thrown for at least 40 pass attempts in a single game. He is now 6-14 in 14 in those games. Now, I know a lot of that is cause and, and oh, I, don't even, I don't even remember the term. I mean, a lot of that's throwing from behind, basically. Mm-hmm. You're trying to catch up, and so he's throwing those pass attempts. But well, last night was not the case. That was not the case. A lot of these were really close games and. It didn't go in their favor because that's uh, that's kind of how it goes. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, let's flip to the defensive side of the things. How do you stop the run? That's the biggest question in this building right now, and it's not looking like it's going to slow down anytime soon. We'll be right back after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. 
When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to talking Cowboys. Tis the season for Dallas Cowboys holiday youth camps presented by Invisalign. Registration for one-day football and dance academy camps are now open. Don't miss your chance to send your athlete to camp at AT&T Stadium on December 20th and 21st. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy and use the code XMAS25 to get $25 off. X. MAS 25, all capital, to get $25 off. Back here with Patrick Nosey Walker, Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us here on this Monday following a 31 28 overtime loss to the Green Bay Packers. And we've already established this. It wasn't pretty stopping the run. 207 yards on the ground for the Dallas Cowboys. It's the second straight game they've allowed 200 plus rushing yards to an opponent. And I tweeted this out last night, but it's not a promising schedule for the Cowboys' struggling run defense. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, oh. Damian Pierce, Travis oh. Etienne, the oh. Eagles in Week 16. I don't even. I don't even want to just name one guy there because it's the Eagles. And then Derrick Henry in Week 17. Who's that? Oh, he's the king, <laughs> King Henry. That he is. Uh, yeah, doesn't get much easier. Got to figure it out. This <laughs> defense has been fantastic. All season long, elite level defense, except in one area, their Achilles heel. You can't stop the yeah. run, but you got to figure that out. You know what I saw on the film? What'd you I'm see? I'm going to show you guys my chicken scratch again, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Dan Quinn handles this. I'm, I'm, I know he will. They're going, from what I'm seeing, at least in yesterday's game, I have to go back and make sure that it's that it checks the box on other games. The ex, I know a lot of people are talking about, oh, well, the, you know, the guys are getting to the edge and they're tearing us up on the edge. Dallas's defense is going too heavy to the strength of offenses. 
So if I line up three receivers on one side, one receiver on the left side, I'm going to the strength. I'm going to load my defense to wherever the tight end is at. Wherever the tight end goes, that's where the strength of the defense goes. Okay, okay? so literally – in the entire front, wherever it is, guys, the, the interior linemen, the DNs, all that stuff is dictated based upon where the tight end goes. What happened yesterday is every time Green Bay lined up with their tight end, whatever side that is, Dallas went super heavy over there. So you ended up with, from the center, say say the tight end lined up to the right side, you line up with four guys lined up to the right for Green Bay, but Dallas would have six but what they would end up doing was running a motion with Watson or running a motion with the tight end, mm-hmm. and then they end up with the advantage on the backside. So where Dallas was super heavy towards the tight end, Green Bay was running opposite of the tight end because that's where Dallas was let, was weak at, numbers-wise. Mm-hmm. right? And with, with the motion, the fly motions, the return motions, all the stuff they were doing, they ended up with the numbers advantage on the backside, which is why they were doing that. Plus, they were pulling – Two offensive linemen for most of the game. So they were ending up where Dallas thought they were playing the strength. Green Bay actually went backside and actually ended up with the strength six on four, seven on five, whatever it might have been. They always had a one to two man advantage on those outside run plays, which is why they kept going to the well on it because Dallas was out leveraged. So in layman's terms, it's pre snap, we were running to the weak side. However, post snap, very quickly it turns to the strong side. Well, it's just it's just Dallas is like, okay, where's the tight end at? Tight end's over there on the left side. Okay, cool. All right, we're going, we're going heavy left. Way. We're going heavy left, right? That's where they, they must be going there. We're going heavy left. And Green Bay's like, okay, yeah, go ahead and load up this side. Go, yeah, go ahead and load up this side. We're going to go backside. We're going to run a motion over there. So we're going to gain the leverage. Our receivers are outside of your DBs. So your DBs are lined up inside because they're trying to protect what? They're trying to Dallas is trying to protect the run, so everybody's kind of squeezing the box. Well, these receivers now, the opposing offenses are now lining up outside of those guys, which gives them what angle? Crackback angles. So now these receivers could come down and block down, down, and they're starting to pull their now their tight ends. They're starting to pull their tackles. We call it down, down, and around. So guys are crackbacking on the, on the, on the DBs. Uh, the offensive linemen are cracking down on those other defensive linemen. And then you're pulling your tackles, you're pulling your guards, and these guys are now coming around and getting up to the second level, mm-hmm. and it's a numbers game. It's simply just pure numbers. They're leaving one guy for Aaron Jones, leaving one guy for Dylan, and these guys are saying cornerbacks, Diggs. Diggs doesn't want to tackle. No. No, he doesn't. Right, he does. That's not his thing. He's not a Jalen Ramsey. We talked about this during the Rams week. He's not a Ramsey. He doesn't have that mentality. Can he? I'm sure he can. Is he willing? He's absolutely not willing to tackle. So now all of a sudden you got these guys that have linemen coming at them, and they don't want no part of that contact. There were a couple times before we get to Patrick. There were a couple times that, once again, I was frustrated in watching the film because of Diggs not wanting to step up and make a play. Kelvin Joseph did it a couple times. He wants the heat. He's special teams. He's got to. Special teams. He's kind of he's worked in there. He wants to hit. He wasn't great in coverage yesterday a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, he got beat multiple times with Kelvin Joseph, but at least he wants to come up and hit and run defense. That at least gave me a nice little positive on on his game. You can't, and I can't stress this enough. We we said going into this game that the Packers did not have a receiver core that you needed to be concerned with. So all you need to do is make sure that the no-names, and I would even throw Sammy Watkins into that, just make sure the no-names remain no-names after the game is over. You can't allow Watson 
to buy uh, to, to subscribe to Twitter Blue against you and get the verification, <laughs> uh, the, the blue check mark. Like you can't allow a guy like Watson eight dollars to get the, the blue $8. check mark against you when he didn't earn it. Hey, I got before. eight on it. I got eight on it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Watson hadn't earned that blue check. It's before probably last nine night. with tax, so he, it matches the number, right? Watson went in and subscribed to Twitter Blue hey, on Sunday to get his his check mark. Oh. But you know what? You know what else? Don't know. See, that was all this office uh, for bothersome for me. Watson dropped two touchdowns. Yeah. But I disagree no. on that one. They, <sighs> they were not touchdowns. They were big plays. Let me back it up. Big plays. Watson dropped two major plays. They wouldn't have been touchdowns. Here's the thing, though, and, and going back to it, Aaron, he could have had even more. Aaron Rodgers needed just one guy to be an animal. And he didn't know going in who would be it. He didn't know that anybody would actually step up and do it. But he identified and Matt LaFleur identified pre-snaps where Trayvon was, and they said, yep. let's put Watson where Trayvon is not, right? And it worked. It worked against Anthony Brown. It worked on that that cross-drag when he had Bland chasing him from behind. It just it worked. They schemed Watson everywhere Trayvon wasn't, and it was just effective time and again. All three of Rodgers' touchdowns were to Watson. He was he was the reason. Now, what did you want to happen? I feel like you want to say it, but you're not saying it. Say it. Travel. Thank you. Travel, Trayvon. <laughs> Thank you. When you have a guy going off like this, Thank you. throw that pregame scheme in the trash That's and adapt dog. and say, you know what? That's what I'm talking about. No I feet. know we didn't want to travel, Trayvon, because coming into this game, none of their receivers demanded that kind of respect. But in real time, today, there's a guy who has flamed on. Uh. So we're going to put our X X under Madden. He's got that thing lit up. NBA Jam. He's on fire. So I needed McCarthy and Dan Quinn to look at Trayvon and say, we're going to put an ice box where my heart used to be. Marion. (laughs) Just go full of Marion and just say, that is your guy. And I guarantee you. You grab him by the collar, right? Watson (laughs) is is clamped from that point forward. Because what you were asking, you you saw the, you know, CB2 and Anthony Brown. He would. He. Ooh, Couldn't do it, torch. right? Nope. So then he leaves with a concussion. So then you look Tostino's at Plaza. the young guy in Kelvin, right? You look at the young guy in Kelvin, you say, you go do it. And Deron Bland, hey, rookie, you go do it. And Washington is like, uh, <laughs> thanks for not putting CB1 on me. Again, you look at that. You look at the fact that Aaron Rodgers completed only 14 passes. And of those 14 passes, the first five or six were shovels, right? It was just some drop balls in there. Right. But it was the big play that was successful when it didn't have to be successful. This is one game that in real time I would have loved Dan Quinn to look at Trevon Diggs and say, you know what, typically – that's your half of the field, but no, we we're moving you, you. No, see, I am so proud of you. It ne- that needed to happen. <laughs> no, yesterday. see, I'm so proud. You got it off your chest a little bit, right? You, you said it with your chest. I yeah. said it last night. I, these guys probably got tired of me. I'm saying last night. We that did. last like grab him by the collar. That's Trayvon. I'm talking about and say wherever he goes, you go. Hmm. If he goes to the freaking toilet, right? You go. Right. You grab a baby wipe, you hand it to him, say, but I'm right here with you. Yeah. Right? No matter where turn he's at. Turn your back, but listen yeah, for the Yeah, turn shit. your back. I'm right listen here. Listen for the shit. Exactly. You're, 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 <laughs> right now, you know the guy who comes in for the drug test? We call him the pee man. You know why? Because he follows you to the bathroom and watches uh-huh. you drop your drawers and pee in a cup. Y'all need you to be, Trayvon, I need you to be the pee man yesterday. <laughs> Follow him to the doggone toilet. Wherever he goes, you go. That's your man's in them. <laughs> 
Okay, we gotta go. Beamer's getting mad at us, but I'm about to fall out of my chair. All right, that's it for us here on Talking Cowboys. We're taking calls tomorrow. 888-855-2297. Give us a call. Tell us what's going on with this Cowboys team. We're gonna talk to you guys all day tomorrow. We're gonna give some news and notes early on, and then it's fan calls the rest of the time. We want to hear from Cowboys Nation, but that's it for us today. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey, Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?